Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. When I had come down this hill, I had seen this creature cross the road. It would have ripped my locked door from my truck, extracted me from my vehicle, and there wouldn't have been a damn thing I could have done about it. This thing, I got to notice in its eyes. Its eyes was real, real evil, real sinister looking. Look, it was given. Sasquatch Chronicles, a place where people share their encounters. Let's start the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you tonight. Going to be speaking with Wayne. And Wayne had a very interesting encounter uh, late one night when he was out with his friends, ran into one of these creatures. And it's, you know, I know some people listen to this podcast and, you know, they might snicker a little bit, but these things are real. They're out there. They do exist. You can run into them. And Wayne's a perfect example of that tonight. I know I always tell people don't run. If you come across one, try and back away slowly. Don't run. But sometimes fight or flight kicks in, and, and sometimes people run. And it's hard to judge someone unless you're in their shoes. You're in that moment in time when they run into one of these things. It's really hard to say, well, I would do this or I would do that. Until you actually see one, it, you know, I, I'd probably relax a little bit on what you say you would or wouldn't do until you run into one. We're all different as human beings. Uh, sometimes we run, sometimes we don't. If you've had an encounter... Shoot me an email. My email address is Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. Again, my email address is Wes at SasquatchChronicles.com. Please email me your encounter. I'd love to speak with you. I'd love to talk with you. If you're interested in being on the show, even if you just want to talk about your encounter, uh, shoot me an email. If you get a chance, check out SasquatchChronicles.com. The store is open. At the top of the browser, you'll see the, the shop link. I hope you're able to go in there. I hope you're able to get yourself something nice. I would say my two favorite items uh, that I like from the store are the beanies and the sweatshirts. Those are the two most favorite items for me that I tend to wear all the time. But I hope you're able to go in there, check some things out, get yourself something nice. Let's jump into it tonight. I want to welcome uh, Wayne to the show. Wayne, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you being here. Hey, no problem. Glad to be here. And if you would, kind of start from the beginning. 
tell us what you're uh, doing, and then uh, walk walk us into the encounter. All right. Um, this happened in Utah, up in the American Fort Canyon, and uh, happened about two years ago. And um, let's see, I've had the same friends for quite a while, so what we typically would do is we'd get together about every year and you know go camping or go backpacking or just something that all of us wanted to do together anyway so this uh this one year we decided to go up in american fort canyon and you know camp for a few days we had a three-day weekend that we were taking advantage of and anyway so we we head up we headed up and uh we passed the reservoir and about i don't know how far but uh we got past the reservoir. That's normally where people camp. And, uh, we kept going up the mountain pretty high because we wanted to be alone and kind of do our own thing. And anyway, so we found a spot and pitched our tents and, you know, built a fire. And anyway, and one of our, one of my friends suggested that, you know, when it gets dark, we should, you know, play a night game. It's like, you know, kids games and, so, you know, we are all pretty excited to be there. So, you know, we all said, yeah, let's go do it. So the sun was basically setting when we started to head up the mountain in the car. And we were going to play a game called Fugitive. And what the game is, is there's two people in the car and four people on the road. The people in the car are the police officers and they have a spotlight. And the people on the ground are the fugitives. And if the cops spot you in the spotlight, you're out. You got to jump in the car. And if the fugitives make it to the campsite, then you know you win. So my buddy and uh, Rami was driving the car, so they were the cops, and the four of us jumped out. And my um, the two friends went to the left, and me and my buddy went to the right. Oh, sorry, we went to the left, and they went to the right. And we just started booking it down this road and me and me and Mark went into the brush to our left and we just started getting deep because they had a pretty, pretty powerful, uh, spotlight that they could see us. So we just started running and we figured, you know, if we ran the whole way that, uh, you know, we'd get there quick and they wouldn't, they wouldn't catch up to us or anything. Anyway, that didn't really last too long because we got tired and, and anyway, we started talking and, you know, we were walking and stuff. Anyway, we saw the car coming down the road. I think it was about an hour into the game. And we ducked behind these pretty big boulders. And anyway, so they kind of came to a slow little crawl in their car. And they spotted my buddy Mark and called out his name. And he jumped up and he didn't really want them to find me. So he just jumped in the car and didn't say anything until they took off and I stood up and I was in the middle of the woods alone. Anyway, so I, you know, I just started walking and I started headed because we had, we had come into the brush and then we came back out to the road and that's how they caught us. So I came, I started coming back into the brush and just started walking. And, you know, it was late at night. It was, just, it was, it wasn't a full moon, but it was a pretty big moon. I could see, you know, pretty well. And I want to say, I want to say maybe 15, 20 minutes into me just being alone. I start, my mind started playing tricks on me. You know how you are when you're alone and you just, you know, your mind gets the best of you and you just start thinking weird things. Anyway, I, I thought I'd 
heard a lot of brush, you know, being broken. Just, I don't know if it was footsteps or just moves or branches moving in the wind or whatever, but started hearing stuff and it started creeping me out. And so I started, so I said, okay, you know, it's kind of been a while since I've seen anyone. Maybe I'll just start heading back towards the road. So I, so I turned right because I knew the road was to my right and I started heading back towards the road. And after a while, it started to make me nervous because I figured, you know, I wasn't too far into the brush. You know, I thought the road would be here by now. But, you know, I guess I was thicker in there or maybe I got turned around or something. And I had stopped by this big tree and I was trying to get my bearings and um, just, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, if I was going the right direction or not. Um. Anyway, I started hearing more branches break and just some more rustling around um, about where this tree was where I was standing. And I, I stopped and I was listening because I was trying to figure out if it was footsteps, if it was an animal, if I could hear anything. And I was, I was standing there and all of a sudden I, I hear this like just this deep kind of exhale, this this almost like a grunt, just oh, just... And it sounded like it was on the other side of the tree and it happened really quick and it, and it startled me and I just stood there and I, and I was trying to, I was trying to think to myself, you know, did I actually hear a grunt? Did I hear something that made noise? Like, and I couldn't, my mind couldn't understand if I, if I heard it or if it was just my imagination or if it was the wind or something else. Anyway, so I stood there for a while waiting for something to happen and nothing did. So I was like, okay, it's probably just my imagination. And I decided the direction I was going to go. So I just started slowly walking and in the back of my head, I'm still thinking of, you know, this grunt. And I want to say I was about maybe 10, 20 feet away from this tree that I was standing by. And I hear this, I hear these, you know, brush moving again. And I spin around and I pull out my iPhone and for a second, I think it's one of my friends that's messing with me. And I turn on the flash up to my iPhone and it illuminates, you know, in front of me. And I'm just looking for something, any brush moving, anyone. I don't see anything. But I know I heard it. I know something was there. And so I just yell really loud. I just say, hey, this is an animal. Maybe I could scare it. Just get it away from me. But nothing happened. So I picked up a rock. And I remember throwing it as hard as I could at this tree that I had been standing by. Just make a loud noise, just get it away from me. And as soon as this rock hit the tree, it was almost instantaneous. This it's, it's this unimaginable deep growl that I heard. And I can't, I can't even begin to imitate it. It's nothing that I had ever heard before. And it scared the living daylights out of me. And I remember, I remember standing there and I, as soon as I heard that, I instantly just, I said, Oh fuck. Cause I, I literally thought it was a bear going to charge me or a mountain lion or something. And it just totally just froze me. And I was like, I'm about to get killed right now. Anyway, so I, I was standing there and I was kind of waiting for something to happen. And my flashlight was still out in front of me. And I was thinking about my pocket knife. I was thinking about you know, just anything you, maybe I could use. And I was trying to figure out, you know, where this thing was. 
if it was in front of me or behind me or if it was behind this tree. And as I'm standing there, I'm not moving the flashlight at all. And I don't know if, it, I mean, at the, at the moment, I thought it might have been my imagination, but it looked like someone was staring at me from behind the tree. And it looked like they were just peeking out just a little bit and they weren't moving, but it looks like almost like this little just figure standing there. And I was like, is that my imagination or someone standing there staring at me? And I was too afraid to move. I was too afraid to say anything. And I don't know how long I was standing there. Maybe, maybe it was 10 minutes, maybe it was an hour, but all of a sudden there was this, I thought it was a tree falling at first, like a, a smaller tree. But what it was, was this arm that came up and wrapped itself around the tree. And I saw, I saw this thing's arm and I instantly know, knew that it wasn't a bear. It wasn't a, a man, but it was something looking at me. And I've never been more terrified in my life. And after a while, this thing stepped out from the tree and walked from right to left and went behind another tree. And it, it maybe took one step before it was behind this other tree that was, it would have taken me maybe five, maybe five steps to get to this tree, but it was one step and it was behind this other tree. And I just remember, I just remember this look that it, it never took its eyes off me. It didn't, it didn't glance at me. It didn't, it was just staring at me. And when it was walking sideways to this other tree, it just was looking straight at me. And this is nothing like I had ever seen in the movies before. This is nothing that I had ever seen a picture of or a drawing or in a movie or anything. This thing was massive. I want to say it was maybe seven, maybe eight feet foot tall. And it was just stacked. It was, I have a friend that's a bodybuilder and this, it was far out surpasses him. And his hair was like a grayish brown and it's hard to describe, but I don't want to say his hair was thin, but I could see his muscle I could see his muscles on his shoulder and his, down his arm and his chest. And there's no way that this is a joke. There's no way this was some guy in a costume. This was a living, breathing thing. And the face was, the face looked exactly like a man. This wasn't like a chimpanzee that walks on its hind legs. It, it had hair on its face and it just had this dead blank stare and I didn't even, it's sorry. No, you're fine. I'm trying to catch my breath. Um, no, you're fine. It's, uh, it's terrifying to, when you see how large they are, how physically large they are and the, uh, yeah. and when you hear that growl too, going back to the growl, I've, you know, I've heard that before and it, it, you, I've never heard anything like that. I've never heard anything on in the movies like that. I've never heard, you know, any recordings. Sometimes these researchers will come up with these recordings of the growl and it's not even close to what I heard. Not even in the same ball, ballpark of, of yeah. what I've heard. 
it, it's not just the sound. You feel it inside of you. Absolutely. You feel it in the bottom of your stomach, and it, and it shakes you. Anyway, I remember just standing there, and he disappeared behind this tree. And I knew he wasn't walking off because he didn't make any noise after that tree. And I knew he was literally just standing behind that tree. And I was, I had never been more scared in my entire life. The pocket knife didn't even come to my mind. I don't even know if, if I would have had a gun, if I probably maybe not even thought of that. There's nothing I thought that could stop this guy if he came at me. And I remember shaking and I'd never shaken that much. I'm shaking right now, just thinking about it. And I don't know how long I stood there, but it felt like an eternity. And I remember just standing there with my flashlight and I remember thinking about my, my wife. I remember thinking about my family. I thought I'm never going to see them again. This is, this is how I'm going to go. And it's just, I don't know. It was, it was almost like my life was flashing before my eyes. This is how scared I was. Anyway, um, I remember standing there and I heard this car and it, I, I think it just snapped me out of my trance that I was in and I heard it behind me. I didn't see it anywhere. I heard it behind me and I, I don't know if it was just a trigger or whatever, but I turned and I ran as fast as I could. I know we were talking yesterday where you said that it's probably the worst thing to do with these things is to run because you, you look like prey. And anyway, so I, but I, I really wasn't thinking of anything, but just, you know, fight or flight. And I knew I couldn't fight this thing. And anyway, so I was running as fast as I could. And I saw these high beams coming down the Canyon road, which is a huge blessing because it, it illuminated the road. It told me where it was. And I just ran straight towards this road. I was trying to get towards this truck that was coming down, but it had zoomed past me. But I still knew there where the road was, and I was coming as fast as I could, and I seriously felt like the devil was chasing me. It was, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know you know you've had an experience before, but I don't, I don't know if you've ever been chased by one of these things. And honestly, I don't know if it was chasing me. I didn't hear anything. But when you're running through the forest and you just see something like that, I mean, you think the worst in your head. Anyway, and I, so I'm coming to the edge of the road, and instantly I see this drop off. And uh, near the tree line, it drops off near the road. And so I missed my step, and I basically front flipped down, and I landed on my shoulder. And I instantly heard a pop. And I stood up, and I just started running down the road again. I, my shoulder was killing me, but I knew, <laughs> I knew that I couldn't stop. And... I just kept running down the road and I don't know how long I was running, but all of a sudden I, I see these high beams behind me again. I turn around and I stop. I'm panting. I probably look terrible and I'm holding my shoulder. I know I knew my shoulder was like kind of slumped down in front of me and I, and it hurt to kind of stretch my, stretch my shoulders back. Anyway, I ended up breaking my collarbone. I didn't know at the time, but I popped my collarbone and anyway, this, this couple, I, I didn't flag him down. I literally was just running and I stopped and this, this couple stopped. They were in a Cherokee and I went to the driver's side and, and they're like, Hey, are you all right? And I was like, I, I need some help. I need, I need to find 
you know, somebody and they're like, okay, yeah, get in, get in, get in. And then I got in their back seat and I honestly don't remember a lot of what happened after that. I, I don't know if I was just exhausted, but I remember laying down on their back seat and I remember the wife asking me questions and anyway, we got to the ranger station down near the entrance of the Canyon ranger helped me in. I guess they sent another ranger up to the campsite because I told them where we were. Anyway, my friends came down. They they had been worried about me. They said I had been gone for a few hours. The game had already been over. Um, my buddy Wes uh, took me and drove me to the hospital. Um, and I was just so shaken. And I I just couldn't believe what I had just seen and I, what I had just ran from. I thought I thought that this was this was the end for me. I thought that I was going to die on the mountain. And I remember just in the car, and he kept asking me. He kept asking me what was the matter, what was the matter. And I don't know if it was my nerves or whatever, but I just I told him what I saw. I told him what happened. He didn't laugh or anything. He just he just kind of nodded, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're you're pretty shaken up. You might be in shock. You know, maybe you saw a bear." Or, and I just I shook my head and I was like, this wasn't a bear. I know exactly what I saw. Anyway, we got to the hospital. You know, my wife eventually showed up and um, she was asking me what happened. I I told her what happened and, you know, she kind of just had this kind of dead stare. Like, I don't know if you're crazy or if you're just in shock and kind of the same response that my buddy had. And anyway, but... I haven't been in the mountains since, and I was going to, I mean, I got invited with my friends to go to this camp out uh, this year, but I passed uh, just because of how bad this has affected me. Yeah, that's terrifying. You know, it's uh, it's very terrifying, and it's it's really hard to describe to someone. I know for most of the audience listening who hasn't seen one, it's really hard to describe to them how imposing these things are how large these things are yeah it i i didn't know i couldn't like i didn't know anything could be that big like i told i was talking yesterday and i mean i told you i'm a huge fan of basketball we go to games all the time got pictures of basketball players those guys are huge but this thing was enormous and not just tall, like this thing was massive, just wide and just shoulders and arms. And it was huge. And it, it, you cannot describe it to someone that hasn't seen it. How tall would you say this thing was? Um, I'm six one and I felt like I felt like a munchkin compared to it. I I want to say it was maybe seven, maybe eight foot tall, maybe somewhere in there. And for the audience, can you describe the face? Yeah, um, it was it was covered in. It almost looked like it had like a beard, but not over the like not over the lips, just like almost kind of like a just just a beard. And it was, it was dark skin. Um, I only saw it for like maybe a second just cause it went from one tree to the other. But from what I saw, I mean, 
I didn't see any eyes. I don't know if they were just shaded or just because of the shadows of how dark it was. Um, but yeah, it was just hollow. It felt like hollow eyes. And I think that's what terrified me the most of just this thing staring at me. And I couldn't see, I couldn't see the white of its eyes. I, I mean, I was shining a flashlight basically in his face and it was just, it was almost like it was just deadness. It was it's like a demon or something. Um, I remember the nose being pretty big. It was, it was kind of, it was almost like it was pushed kind of flat, but like pushed in. Um, that's probably the best way I could describe it though. It's interesting seeing these things because you're right, the hair on them, a lot of witnesses, when they see these things, you expect them to be really hairy. And I would say most witnesses, when they talk about their encounter, they talk about seeing the muscle structure underneath the hair. Uh, and it's not as thick as, as you would think it yeah. as you would think it would be. Yeah, like like going through my mind, like replaying what I saw and trying to describe it, it's almost as if like you, it's obviously covered in hair, but you can see the skin underneath. It's like it's almost like if you just cave it a quick shave or something that it would be human skin kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Prior to this, how did you feel about the Sasquatch topic or the Bigfoot topic? Yeah, I mean, everyone's heard about it. Everyone's heard stories. Everyone's seen the Robert Patton, not Robert Pattinson, the uh, Robertson Gimlin. Is that what it is, film? Um, Patterson and Gimlin, yeah. Yeah, Patterson and Gimlin. Um, you know, everyone's seen that. Everyone's, you know, seen the YouTube videos. And, you know, I, I grew up, you know, hearing about it. Uh, you know, my dad had talked about it a few times. He was, I wouldn't say he was super interested, but I know he had talked about it a few occasions. But, I mean, a little to nothing. I, I didn't really have an opinion about it. I didn't really have a strong, oh, it exists, or oh, it doesn't exist, you guys are fools. I, I just, I didn't have an opinion about it, and I mean, the I mean, the best Sasquatch I can, I could refer before my sighting was, you know, the, the beef jerky commercials with the Sasquatch where people mess with them, and it was, it was humorous, it was a joke, you know? Yeah, you're right, and, and that, I think that's what a lot of people think, but when you actually see one, you see how physically large they are, it's not even in the same ballpark as even that guy in the costume in the in the jerky commercial. Yeah, that's a good reference. Like it just it has it doesn't even compare to the guy that's in a in a million dollar commercial. It doesn't compare to that. How would you compare what you saw compared to the Patterson Gimlin film? Um well after my encounter, uh I did a lot of research. Uh, I was looking stuff up and on the internet. I was watching like every video. Um, but in regards to the, the video of, you know, Patterson, it, it, I mean, I believe the Patterson film, but I, I feel like this is a different breed almost. I feel like the Patterson Sasquatch, was almost an overweight Sasquatch compared to the one that I saw. And like, not that it was overweight. Cause I know that they've gone in detail and shown muscle structure and 
all that kind of stuff. But it just, it was just completely different from the one that I saw. The one that I saw was literally, you take a bodybuilder and you shoot him up maybe four or five feet into the air and just spread him out wide. And that's what this thing was. It looked like it was, you know, bench pressing out in the forest somewhere for the last who knows how long. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I know after my own encounter, somebody asked me that, how would it compare to the Patterson-Gimlin film compared to what me and my brother saw? And it's Patty looks like a sloppy old lady compared to what we saw. I mean, what we saw, uh, and, and I don't know if you would agree with me or not, but it, it yeah. could probably snap Patty in half if it wanted to. Patty just looks like a sloppy old woman yeah. compared to... Uh, it's like you and I were talking last night. The one that we saw reminded me of someone who did way too many steroids and lifted way too many weights. Compare, I mean, it's so hard to compare. Just a giant. That's the best way I would describe it. Just a giant. Yeah. It's just huge. Like, I've, I, I've never thought of something that big before, before I saw this. I didn't even know anything like that could exist that, that big. Yeah, and for a lot of people listening, I mean, your ceilings in your home, generally speaking, are about eight feet up. Um, and, and even then doesn't really do it justice when you see this thing. But if you think of the height of something, if you want to compare it to something, I mean, it, uh, most ceilings in most homes are about eight feet up. Yeah, man, it, it's uh, it's terrifying. What do you think the creature's intention was? Um, I honestly don't know. I, you know, I've, I've replayed that night a million times in my head. Uh, I remember, I remember listening to, you know, a couple of your, you know, shows and listening to other people's encounters and, and from their experiences, I was trying to, trying to, um, just kind of figure out what this thing was doing. If I had stumbled across it or scariest thing, if it was literally hunting me, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like some, you know, sometimes when I'm at odds with someone, I try to put myself in their place and I, and I try to think about what I would do in that situation. And it kind of sounds dumb, but I've, I've tried to think, okay, if I was a Sasquatch, what, why would I do this? Why would I walk from one tree to the other? Why would I, why would I let them see me? And I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like it was scared of me. It didn't run off in the woods like 90% of these Bigfoot videos we see. I seriously thought it was, I seriously think it was literally showing itself to me and saying, I'm not going anywhere or I'm here. It's just, I just feel like it was just telling me that it was here. Like maybe, maybe I stumbled across it and I wasn't going anywhere with my flashlight just because I was so afraid I, I don't know. I mean, I have so many thoughts in my head about it. It's just, I mean, but the, the most terrifying thing is the thought of, you know, it was hunting me that whole time. Like it was watching me the whole time. Every, every time I was alone, it was just waiting for that time to sneak up on me. And when I got to that tree and I was waiting there trying to find my bearing, like how long was it standing there? Was it literally on the other side of the tree that whole time? Like that's, that's what scares me. Like my flashlight wasn't on. I was looking around just like normal. I was trying to figure out where I was. Like, was it literally standing behind that tree the entire time? 
like, or did it walk up later? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like your mind just, your mind sometimes is very cruel. You know, it, it tells you a lot of stuff that scares you. Yeah. It almost makes you wonder if there was more than one. I know in the beginning of your encounter, you were talking about walking, hearing sticks break and have that feeling of being watched. And I think, you know, when you're out in an environment like the, the forest and you had that feeling of being watched or you just get that sense of dread, you almost have to pay attention to that. And I know you guys were out having a good time. So obviously you weren't afraid of the dark. You weren't afraid of the forest. Your mind really wasn't playing tricks on you. Uh, it sounds like you guys have done this a couple times over. And so I can't see yeah. you being terrified by that. But from the point where you were walking and you were hearing the sticks break and you kind of felt like you were being watched to the point where you got to the tree, how, how much time are we talking about between those two incidences? Well, when when I was walking alone, I want to say like maybe 10 minutes into it, I, I started hearing sticks breaking. And I thought it was my other friends that maybe hadn't been caught yet. And they, they saw me and they were trying to catch up to me. And I remember looking around a few times thinking, you know, okay, did I hear something? Um, and then when I got to the tree, you know, I don't, I don't think I had heard anything after that, after that first time that I was walking. And then when I got to the tree, I started hearing it again. So I don't know. I mean, that first time, maybe 10 minutes. And then when I, when I finally got to the tree, I'd want to say it was like maybe 30, maybe 45 minutes later. So yeah, it could have been following you that whole time, or there could have been more than one, which is probably the case. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about these things is a normal wild animal, when you yell at it, it'll take off. Or if you throw a rock, it'll take off. Even a bear, 90% of the time, will, yeah, will run. Initially, that, that's what I thought. Like, I mean, my past, I mean, I, w I would be in the woods all the time. My dad grew us up in the woods. We'd go camping every weekend. We'd, we'd go hunting. We, I mean, I've encountered a bear before. And I remember sitting there and I, I was scared and my dad just told me to be calm. It's okay. Don't worry. They're more afraid of us than we are of them. And encountering a bear and seeing it, I mean, it doesn't compare to this. And I mean, the feelings that I felt when I saw the bear has nothing. I mean, I was, I was like an eight year old kid when I saw this bear and I was, I was scared and my heart was racing, but this the feelings that I felt when I saw the Sasquatch step out was beyond anything I ever felt before. I, I've never been more scared of anything my entire life. And I don't think I'll, I don't think anything will top that. Yeah. It's hard to top. And that kind of tells the audience too, how big its arm was when you originally thought it was a tree falling over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were you able to see its hands when it wrapped its arm around the tree? <sighs> no. Um, well, kind of, cause it, well, at first when I saw this thing moving, like I said, I thought it was like a like a little branch or tree like falling over. But when it like swung up and like wrapped its arm around the tree, its fence was clit or his fist was clenched. And I mean, it was just it was literally just all hair. And I was trying to I was trying to comprehend what it what this was. And a few seconds after is when he stepped out. And so I was just I was just so blown away. It was just I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really get a, I didn't really focus on his hand at all, but I do remember that his, his fist was clenched. Yeah. And that's interesting. And there's no shame in running. You know, as a general rule, I, I tell people not to run because you become prey. 
it's like I always say, though, you know, go back and, and live in that moment where that person had that encounter and then tell me what you're going to do. Uh, you'll probably do nothing of, of what you'll say. You know, most people, I think, will run in that situation. You obviously knew you couldn't fight it. As far as weight goes, I know you got a glance at the creature. Could you put a weight on it compared to, like, the bear that you saw when you were younger? Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not good with weight. Um, I mean, this thing had to be, I mean, over 500 pounds. I don't, like I said, I'm not very good with weight. I don't even know how much a bear typically weighs, but I mean, this thing had to be just enormous just in weight. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even imagine how much. And that's okay. I thought I would ask just in case. And I mean, that, that tells you how much fear you're in when you take off running, you break your collarbone, you get up, you keep running. And it kind of hurts too when you, and I know this too, you know, it kind of hurts when you have an experience like this and then you tell friends and loved ones and they don't really, they just kind of give you that dead stare like, have you lost your mind or are you going nuts or, uh, and I don't know if that's what your impression with your, your wife and your friend were. Yeah. Your friend's got a great name, by the way, uh, Wes. Uh, it's a good good strong name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wes is a good guy. <laughs> um yeah, that's that's probably been one of the hardest things after this is just just not being able to talk to anyone about it, not being able to relate to anyone about it. I mean, like I said, I told told my buddy Wes and I mean, he probably did the best that he could, you know. He just kinda nodded and said yeah, yeah, you know, you might have seen a bear, you know, just kind of tried to uh, calm me down. And then he's never mentioned it since. And same thing with my wife. I mean, me and my wife are best friends. We do everything together. We love going camping together. And she's never mentioned it since I've said it. And I can't blame him, but, I mean, at the same time, it does hurt, you know, because I feel like I'm alone. Um, And after, I mean, when I got home, and I don't know how long it's couple months after i mean i i didn't sleep i i would stay up late you know looking into this stuff i you know i just i mean i remember when i first got home i i had like a mental breakdown i i mean it messes with your reality just the thing because the world that we live in it portrays these things as a joke and the people that have seen them are portrayed as a joke like red or redneck hillbillies or or people that want to become famous or just, you know, just people that want to tell stories or whatever. Like they tell it as a joke. And I, I've, I've seen, I've seen, you know, YouTube videos of, you know, Oh, we're going to go hunt Sasquatch today or, or, Oh, we're going to go looking for Sasquatch. I've seen TV shows where it's, I mean, it's just, it's just a joke. The society that we live in. And and just, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's hard for, I mean, you and me that have had any experience and just living in the world that we do, because if we talk about it, I mean, we'll be laughed at. We'll, we'll be told that we're crazy or we're drinking too much or we're smoking too much. And I mean, it's hard, you know, it is hard. It's like I was telling you last night, you know, I, I can drink it up with the rest of, you know, with the best of them. And I can tell you in, in, you know, after drinking, I've never, ever had delusions of grandeur of seeing, uh, you know, an eight, nine foot tall giant running around in the forest. It's just never happened. Uh, so I always laugh, laugh when people say, you know, what were you drinking? What were you smoking? Yeah. Uh, because it's not, I mean, you just, it is portrayed as a joke. And, and some of these people, 
I still go out and I still uh, I've gotten to the point where I just go out in the woods and and I'll go look for them. But in the same breath, I always go armed. And then I always think, well, what if I do, what happens if I catch up with one again? Because I know how large they are. I know the damage they can do if they want to get a hold of you. They'll rip you from limb to limb if they wanted to. And that's probably after you got off three, four, five shots. They're probably still going to rip you from limb to limb. And so when you see a lot of that stuff, I understand what you're saying. It's frustrating when you see it as kind of a joke. And then you have an experience like this and it's not a joke. It's terrifying. And it's hard to re- it's hard to relate to people how and I've said it a million times already in the show, but how physically imposing these things are, how physically large they are, um, and then for you to see the face and the facial expression not to change, and then the creature really didn't leave, and that and that's the other part I think that messes with your mind when you see these things. You know, if it would have ran off, you would have been okay with it. If it would have charged, well, you probably wouldn't be okay with it if it would have charged you, but. The fact that it just stays there and doesn't leave, and you're kind of in a standoff, that's the part that messes with your mind, because what is this thing's intention at this point? Why is it still here? It's already growled at me. Yeah. I threw a rock. A normal animal would run off if you throw a rock in the general direction. This thing didn't leave. I think that's the part that kind of messes with you a little bit, the fact that what happens if I would have stayed four minutes longer? What would have happened to me? Right. I always think about that, like what would have happened if that car hadn't have gone down the road? Like, would I have, would I have run in a different direction and gotten more lost in the woods? Would it have kept following me? And like I said, you know, I just took off running. And I didn't think about anything else. Um, so much to the fact that I broke my collarbone because of it, but I don't know if that thing was chasing me. I mean, it might've been, it might not have been. I mean, I don't want to say that it was when it, you know, wasn't, I didn't hear anything, but, it definitely felt like it was chasing me just because of the feelings that I had. And like I said, when you, I mean, when you see something like that and you take off running, I mean, your mind just tells you that you can't run fast enough and that this thing is right on your heels. It's like that thing when you're a kid and you're afraid to go down into the basement. And when you finally do, and you turn all the lights off and you have to run back upstairs, you think something's on your heels and it just, it's just that feeling. You just get scared. Yeah, and, and for you to break your collarbone, I don't know, most people out there probably haven't broke their collarbone. That's a really painful break, very painful break. And to get back up and, and, yeah, and take off running, I mean, you, you uh, that tells you right there how much fear and adrenaline you had pumping through you to be able to get back up. And, you know, most football players don't get back up after they break their collarbone. They'll lay there on the field till a stretcher comes out. And to get back up and go back into a full sprint, uh, that's pure adrenaline. I mean, pure adrenaline. How far away from you was a creature when you were shining the light at it? Um, like I, I was about like maybe 15, 15, 20 feet. Yeah. Too close. Yeah. Extremely too close. And like, I, I, like, like you were saying before, you know, what if this, what if that? And I, I thought, what if I hadn't have started walking away from that tree? What if I had turned on my flashlight at that tree and I turned around and that thing was literally standing right in front of my face? Like, would it have just reached out and grabbed me? You know, it just, just so many scenarios, you know, start flying through your head. And I mean, I've had plenty of nightmares about it just to, just to keep me awake at night, you know? Yeah. The best thing I could recommend to you is try to get back, back out in the woods. Don't let these things take that away from you, even though they have at the moment they have, don't let them take it away from you. 
I would try to get back out if you can back out, try to, I know that's easier said than done. And that's probably the last thing you want to do at this moment. It helps to get back out in the woods and realize, I even hate to give you that advice. Um, that's what I would, I would say to you though, is try to get back out there. Ha- don't let them take that from you. Yeah. Well, I haven't been out since I haven't been out since then. And, I don't know. I just kind of pushed it into the back of my head as, you know, going out again. And, you know, I, I've driven through canyons and that kind of stuff. I mean, I've never gotten out and walked around or anything. Just, I mean, when, when I was on my honeymoon, we went to Cancun, Mexico. And I remember sitting on the beach with my wife and they closed the beach because down a resort, a woman got attacked by a shark and she had to be rushed to the hospital. And an hour later, they opened the beach and said, oh, it's uh, it's okay. It's all clear. Anyway, so my wife was really eager, and we went into the ocean. And it's kind of that same feeling. Like, you're just terrified. You, I mean, you're sitting in the water, and there's you know there's sharks around. And that's what I feel like when I feel like I'm going into the woods. It's like they're there, and they're, they're monsters, and they don't give off this happy feeling they don't they don't give off this this creature of the forest that you know loves animals or it it doesn't have that feeling it it's this this is just this it's almost like a demonic feeling that you feel it's just it's not a great feeling (laughs) and it's not something i want to relive again but you know i i i have thought about going back into the woods and, you know, maybe now talking, you know, it'll push me out maybe a little bit sooner than I would have, but it's, it's definitely something I need to do. It's Cause you know, I definitely don't like living in fear. I definitely don't like letting this thing take it from me. Just like I wouldn't let a shark take the ocean from me, but it's, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. They they do give off kind of an evil, sinister feeling most of the time when people run across them. And uh, like I said, I think that these things are a very large predator. They're not stupid. You know, they don't act like normal animals. That's the other thing, too. I, I know when you saw the face, it looked very human-like, but they don't really act like animals. Like we talked about earlier, when you throw a rock at a bear, even a cougar, you throw a rock at a cougar, I've I've done that, and they'll they'll bolt from you. They'll turn and run the other way. And the cougars we have here in Washington State, I mean, they're like small tigers. I mean, they're huge. Uh, they could easily, easily kill you if they wanted to. Yeah. And it's so interesting that it didn't run. It just growled, almost like you pissed it off when you threw the rock. It almost makes me think that it was maybe a thought that I was calling it out or I was trying to be the alpha male of the group or just something. You know, It just makes me think that I pissed him off, and maybe that's why he stepped out, like, Maybe he was curious about me, and he was just following me, and then I pissed him off, which probably isn't the smartest thing to do, you know? Well, I'm glad that – yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And I'm really glad that you were able to get away and and talk about this, and it didn't harm you uh, because that situation could – Yeah, me too. Yeah, it could have gone bad really quick. Uh, That whole situation could have gone bad really quick. It's tough, man, and you'll get through it. I mean, you said this happened to you about a year ago? Uh, Two years ago, yeah. 
two years ago. Yeah, I mean, time helps. Time time helps uh, with, yeah. with an encounter like this. It, it still freaks you out. It still freaks you out to think about it. You'll still, the nightmares will start to go away. I mean, you'll have them occasionally, but as time goes on, that situation kind of will alleviate over time. And my best, my best advice to you would be uh, maybe start out small. Go to a, a known campground where there's other campers. Take the family and, and go to an actual campground and, and just to try and warm back up and to get back out in the woods. You know, this thing could have killed you if it wanted to. In this situation, my own personal opinion is it might have been just interested or fascinated with what you guys were doing. You guys were probably being watched from the moment you got out of the car and you started running off into the woods. It probably was watching you at that moment and probably started coming in and, and didn't realize you... When you threw that rock, I think you're right. It probably thought you had seen it, so it might as well just step out. Uh, it's an interesting encounter, man. I know it's going to stick with you for a while. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget that. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, if you ever want to talk, you know, like I said, you have my cell phone number. You're always welcome to give me a call, man, to, to talk about it if you ever need to. Or I'm always down for uh, talking about Sasquatch. So you're always welcome to give me a call anytime if you ever want to talk. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, the only people that I've told is, you know, my buddy Wes and my wife. And they obviously don't want to ask me about it or talk to me about it again. And, and I haven't told anyone else since because of you know, that experience. And yeah, I mean, it's been a huge relief talking to you. And I know I, you know, I'd set my encounter in, you know, about a year ago and I hadn't heard anything back. And I mean, you told me there's like a ton of emails that, you know, that I could send it to, but you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that you called and I could actually talk about this because I've talked about it to myself in the car sometimes just to try to relieve some stress and thoughts. And, but I mean, actually talking to someone else that has had an experience is it's, it, I mean, I'm sure, you know, the feeling it's just, it's like a relief. It's like just stuff off your chest, you know? Yeah, it definitely helps to talk about it. I think in this situation, there is PTSD with a lot of people after they have encounters, a lot of people have PTSD and it does help to talk about it. You know, I think in yeah. situations like this, if we don't talk about it, we start going to more negative behavior. You know, you start drinking, you start trying to mask the feelings of, of running into this and the, the, you know, the nightmares and, you know, all this other stuff. I bet you'll sleep good tonight. It definitely helps to talk about it. I hope you sleep good tonight, getting it off your chest. And Yeah, I hope so too. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and, and sharing it. It's a, uh, it's a terrifying encounter, man. Yeah. And I, I want to thank you again for calling me and, you know, respecting me and my story. And I know you've had your own encounter and I know that helps with, you know, just visioning my story. And I mean, I just, I mean, and in general, I want to thank you for just having the show and just respecting what actually exists. Cause I think so many, so many different shows and so many things, so many different people try to just bank off of this Sasquatch theory or, you know, hoax or whatever it is. And just, I don't know, they just usually just make a joke out of it. And I mean, I've, I mean, I found your show a year ago and ever since then I've been, you know, keeping caught up and listening to other stories. And, you know, every time it's just, it makes me feel a little bit better just hearing someone else's story, just knowing that I'm not alone. So I definitely appreciate you hosting the story and 
kind of getting a community together of people, you know? Well, thank you, man. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Wes. And that's it for tonight, everyone. Remember, if you've had an encounter, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. Again, please go to sasquatchchronicles.com. If you uh, like the show, you want to support the show, become a member, get additional shows, please also check out the store at sasquatchchronicles.com. I will see you guys next time. Have a great night, everyone.